0: Live. i'm graham lynch welcome to the show just a short one this week because we're uh, busy preparing for our australasia satellite forum conference that's taking place the week after next uh, after the queen's birthday long weekend in sydney it's uh, going to be a fantastic conference possibly the biggest and best one we've done yet if you want to find out more about it look on our website at commsday.com you get all the details there So, um, a lot of news around this week. Certainly, um, it might be cold in eastern Australia, but it's certainly warm when it comes, or hot when it comes to telecom issues. Uh, Overnight, big bust up between Telstra CEO Andy Penn and the new nationals leader, David Littleproud. Um, David Littleproud doesn't like the Telstra TPG pact to share their network and spectrum in the bush. Uh, He describes it as frightening. Not just for regional Australia, but we are seeing this cancer that is Telstra spread into peri-urban areas as well, in that they have continued to take away much of the investment and maintenance, particularly with mobile phone towers, and effectively let them slide away despite the investment by the coalition government in these areas. Andy Penn was pretty quick to respond. He issued a statement to Commerce Day last night saying, this is complete rubbish. As usual, Little Proud is blaming us for all of the balls that he has dropped. And he has dropped more balls than the English in the last test. Well, oh, Tell us what you really think, Andy. <laughs> anyway. Oh, good stuff. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on to, to other more substantive matters. And I'm joined by uh, none other than the Chief Editor of Comms Day, Simon Ducks. Welcome, Simon. Hello there, Graham. Now, i um, other big news this week, and this is the news that actually matters for real people out in the real world, is um, Telstra is increasing mobile prices, um, and they have an interesting explanation as to why they're doing this. Tell us all about it.
1: That's right, Graham. Uh It was... Uh fated by the industry is something that was potentially likely uh, but uh, from july 1st uh, telstra has increased uh, the prices of its three major packages and interestingly has announced that it's going to uh, potentially be linking it to cpi going forward now obviously uh, cpi is a big thing of 2022 and uh, Telstra did actually suggest that uh, the inflation numbers were part and parcel of uh, why some of the uh, increase uh, was made. To assuage the uh, feeling of hurt among potential customers, uh, they've absolutely increased all of their um data uh, packages for for those things you know uh, you're looking at the essential and premium plans looking at 180 to 300 gigabyte respectively which is huge uh, increase Uh, I'm not sure a lot of uh, mobile users could necessarily uh, consume that in a month but uh, the interesting also uh, thing is although they've added three dollars to the two lower tiers and four dollars per month to the upper tier uh, the basic plan, which is their lowest tier, is now going to get 5G for the first time. And uh, although they'll cap it at 250 megabits uh, per second, um, that, that is a, an interesting step. Because as you remember, they only just uh, started uh, essentially offering their wholesale 5G. And uh, at the time, Boost was one of the first to announce that they were going to uh, be one of the uh, early uh, testers of this at their top tier package. And now Boost has gone a lot further, probably on the back of this uh, basic plan change. And Boost is now trialing that across a number of their packages as well. So you can already see that there's... Uh, a little bit of impact on the back of uh, Telstra's um, uh, price uh, increases. Now, the analysts, of course, uh, looking at uh, Telstra's numbers, are uh, pretty content that this has happened. Uh, you're looking at uh, anything between 120 to 150 million added to Telstra's EBITDA. Another analyst uh, suggested that this will equate to around two extra dollars of ARPU. Uh, for uh, Telstra and now all eyes of course have uh, now moved to Optus and uh, what they may do and uh, we saw uh, Optus last week uh, increase prices uh, charging uh, its own customers for the first time uh, with Optus Sport Um, so uh, there is a chance that uh, they may also follow which is sort of what CFO Michael Venter told uh, yourself uh, during uh, their uh, analyst results And uh, they said that they'll make the decision and they're sort of keeping their powder dry at the moment. Uh, A lot of the bank analysts suggest that Optus will probably follow suit, but have suggested also that TPG uh, will not follow suit uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, Obviously, they have a fairly uh, small uh, market share in relation to the other two. So this is a chance to gain market for them. And they are obviously also got a couple of eyes uh, watching... uh, the whole uh, Telstra, TPG, and deal with the uh, ACCC, and uh, that probably wouldn't send the best of uh, signals. So picking up on uh, this whole uh, cost of living and inflation, it's, it's, it's important to have a bit of clarity here because of course there's a lot of noise about cost of living and uh, where that's heading. And uh, you know, while no one's gonna necessarily uh, welcome price increases, uh, one thing I have to keep in mind uh, is that communication as a package of overall household uh, costs is uh, pretty uh, static year on year. So looking at ABS um, from uh, March uh, 2021 to March 2022, of all of the various sectors of uh, costs, Uh, communication actually went down minus 0.8%. And, you know, that compared to increases of 13.7% for housing, uh, sorry, transport, 6.7% for housing. And that all contributed to the annual CPI inflation increasing to 5.1%. New Zealand uh, also was looking at this uh, recently. Uh, They looked Uh, Their telecom association, uh, same story, transport rose 3.9%, cultural items up 2.1%, goods and services 1.7%. At the same time, telecom services fell 1.5% and telecom equipment down 8.3%. And that's in a period in New Zealand, for example, where mobile broadband uh, use grew 22% and fixed 37%.
0: Great great analysis there, Simon, fantastic analysis. You're absolutely right that um, that, that telecommunications is a bargain. You've been getting more and paying less, and that's been a sustained trend over many, many years. And as um, Andrew Sheridan from Optus has pointed out um, uh, quite succinctly over the past year or two, that that profit margins in the telco sector are very, very tight that the combined profitability of the industry is less than the profit of just the fourth bank by market share in Australia. The telecommunication companies are not ripping people off. They're not exploiting the economy. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 it's absolutely um, uh, absolutely defensible that Tilco is just simply try and keep up with CPI, particularly as their cost inputs uh,
1: increase. And uh, as we remember at uh, Coms Day Summit, uh, TPG CEO Inyaki Beretta pointed out uh, the fact that a lot of people are spending more on their coffee in a month than what they're doing on their mobile subscription.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Puts it well. Now, um, across the Tasman Sea in New Zealand, things have been happening there. And there's a, a merger has led to the creation of a new number three telco. So tell us what's going on there, Simon.
1: Yes, I thought this was an interesting uh, uh, story to highlight uh, on the podcast this week, just because of the fact that uh, you've got Vocus and Two Degrees having merged. And uh, the interesting thing about that is one was heavily uh, infrastructure-related and fixed and complementing uh, the other company that was very much into mobile. So you now got the third largest telco with 20% market share, and uh an annual turnover of more than a billion new zealand dollars so it's going to be quite interesting and the new ceo uh mark Cullender, this week kicked off uh the the new formed company if you like and uh he said a couple of interesting things there he was pointing out the fact that because of all of this extra infrastructure they're able to get some of their traffic on net Uh, so that should help them in terms of stripping out some of the cost Uh, regarding uh, backhaul transit and so on, uh, which will uh, stand them in good stead uh, both in the wholesale and also uh, in the consumer markets. But the other key key thing that he emphasised was the fact that they're actually going to really try and push into the enterprise market, a place where two degrees uh, wasn't really uh, a known quantity. And he was pointing out the fact that the teams that they have together now that can uh, address the enterprise and government segments – have effectively doubled now. Uh, so it's going to be really, really interesting. And of course, uh, there was speculation that they may relist the new company. Uh, he was quick to uh, put that to one side, suggesting that the owners, Macquarie Asset Management and Aware Super, had been very clear from day one that they see the potential in the business as a growth challenger. So, you know, they have a mission here to actually take some market share from the two key leaders there, Spark, and Vodafone New Zealand and uh, obviously uh, energy was a key part of their business so bundling is going to be quite interesting uh, as uh, Mark pointed out they have the ability to sell energy service to their three hundred and fifty five thousand fixed home customers now and uh, also uh, potentially to their 1.5 million mobile customers so it's definitely going to be one to watch uh, in terms of how they approach uh, taking market share from the lead too.
0: Yeah, definitely want to keep an eye on it. It's very tough for number three carriers to earn a quid anywhere in the world, and um, let, let's see how if they can make a fist of it in New Zealand. Thank you very much for joining us today, Simon. Thanks again, Graham. Well, moving on. Uh, the biggest news in telecom land this week was the release by the ACCC of uh, the proposal by Telstra and TPG to share their regional mobile network, or particularly spectrum, and for TPG to basically uh, disarm itself in the bush <laughs> and hand over all their business to a Telstra multi-core network. Now the ACCC, um Very discreetly published, I think that's the nice word, uh, these documents late on Monday night (laughs) um, on their website. And of course, being the stoic people that we are, Comms Day was up late to report on it so that our readers didn't miss out the next day. Now, the interesting thing about all of this is that not only did we learn more about this proposal, but we also heard a lot about why it's a bad thing from the competitors of Telstra and TPG. To tell us all about it, the executive editor of Comms Day, Rowan Pearce. Hello, Rowan. Hey, Graham. So, um, tell us first of all, just refresh our listeners, what this pact between Telstra and TPG is all about, and then there there are some quite vociferous criticisms of it, and in in return, some, some quite strident
2: rebuttals of the criticisms. Yeah, so it's an interesting one. Um, so like you said, it's basically Telstra is going to get access to a heap of um, TPG spectrum as part of this in regional areas. Um, in return, TPG is going to decommission uh, some 700 of its network assets in the kind of zone covered by the deal and tra- also transfer 168 sites to Telstra. And one, one kind of interesting thing about it actually is that it is, um, it's basically, it's being treated as an acquisition uh, by the ACCC um, so it's kind of like in that um, that kind of policy space. Uh, so basically the two telcos have actually submitted like three interrelated agreements to the HCC that we considered as a whole. So one is the Spectrum Authorization Agreement, then you have the Mocken Service Agreement, and you have the Mobile Site Transition Agreement. So they've actually given the HCC a bit of extra time to consider this uh, beyond the normal kind of time frame. So it's probably mid-October that we're looking for a, a kind of decision. Obviously, you know, their argument is that this is going to be great for regional consumers. In response, Optus has been particularly vocal. Um, Optus CEO Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin has come out and said that it risk creating a regional monopoly is basically a return to the kind of bad old days of telecom. And... Um, is how she put it. Um, on, on the other hand, obviously, like Telstra and TVG have not only said, well, this is going to be, you know, this will be beneficial for consumers in regional areas, but they've also, like, had these kind of very barbed criticisms, not, not naming Optus, but, but obviously that's, that's who it's aimed at. Uh, Telstra, for example, said that, you know, uh, uh, the criticism came from competitors who either cannot think beyond the infrastructure-sharing models of the past or who are not bold enough to get there first um, TPG accused Optus of twisting the facts, quote, and said, and said Optus was terrified of the deal bringing more competition to regional areas. I guess on top of, um, on top of that, uh, on top of the Optus criticism, we're also seeing Compete weigh in, and obviously they're kind of very concerned that it's going to, um, again, kind of lock out some of the smaller players from the market. Um, uh, one of the complaints that I um, recounted by Renee Sego, um The head of Symbio a while back has been this this ongoing thing of, you know, MVNOs feeling that they're locked into the thin MVNO model in Australia, Um, and obviously, when TPG and Telstra want to do do a deal, suddenly they can you know get all sorts of like a a, a greater degree of network sharing, Um, and obviously I think there's kind of a few feathers ruffled over that.
0: Yeah, it's a funny one because of course for for many years Telstra accrued very strongly against any idea of network sharing. And they managed to strong arm um, the industry association, AMTA, into agreeing with them. Um, uh, of course, that's all, all been turned a bit on its head now. But there are there are some interesting arguments um, that Telstra and TPG have to deploy. And you know one interesting one that TPG has been prosecuting in the media is that, hey, when, when you made us... Um, uh, change our uh, network vendor we weren't allowed to use huawei anymore and what's more we had to rip out our 4g network and (laughs) and replace it as well that was a sort of slightly unanticipated cost which has to come at the expense of things like our capex and regional areas so that there are some strong arguments on both sides and it's one of those issues where it is it is a kind of a a 51 49 or a 50 50 type argument you know uh, in terms of pros and cons so the ACCC has given industry 14 days to um, express their opinions, which is pretty small amount of time given they've just given everyone about 18 months to express an opinion on the NBN-SAU. Um, and, and we're going to hear something by October is is what the ACCC is predicting. So in their terms, pretty, pretty swift, speedy decision-making.
2: Um, I, I kind of wonder, like, yeah, is obviously not everyone's going to be happy whatever happens, but it's kind of like, is this all going to end up in some extended court case as well? And is that going to delay the process? And um, am I going to be spending some time down in federal court? Oh, that'll be fun.
0: Now let, let's, let's, let's move on to, um um sure it's a less divisive uh, uh, um, topics. And the New South Wales Telco Authority, it's, a, it's an unusual beast, the New South Wales Telco Authority. It's sort of part... Government network operator for, for the emergency services, but also in other ways a sort of industry advocacy type group, and you know it, 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 it covers all sorts of really interesting um, areas. And it, it's had its role redefined, and we, we we learned this in an unusual way. Tell us all about it, Robert.
2: Yeah, so it is quite interesting. So Infrastructure in New South Wales, um, which is an independent statutory body, this week released kind of a two decade strategy for New South Wales. And I guess most, most people are excited about road and rail. But obviously, we're excited about the kind of telco stuff in there. Um, and, and it had some quite interesting stuff in there about the telco authority. And I guess, like, you know, it's it, the way it's um, basically giving its kind of blessing to the way that the telco authority's role has evolved over the years. Um, so it's, its origin was very much in supporting public safety comms and, you know, running the New South Wales government radio network. But also, already they've had this kind of role... Um, I guess, at a national level, supporting the public safety mobile broadband program, and at a state level, also kind of like coordinating efforts around the federal mobile black spot program, that kind of thing, and also um, some kind of smaller uh, state-based regional comms programs. Um, Basically, this kind of evolution, like Infrastructure New South Wales basically endorsed this and said that, you know, there are areas where it could go even further, for example, like Telco authority could play a role helping um, the private sector actually leverage government infrastructure to support co- regional comms rollouts, and using what they described as like a hub and spoke model, where you have the kind of hub of the government infrastructure, and then private private infrastructure coming out of that as like a, as spokes. Um, but actually I, I asked the Telco Authority about this and one thing they mentioned to me is that they're actually developing this kind of whole of government connectivity strategy which they expect to be out later this year and I think that's going to kind of in some ways like formalize how their role has really evolved over the years.
0: Yeah it's an interesting one it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's always hard to sort of describe the, the, the breadth of what the Telco Authority actually does and I, I remember many moons ago interviewing their CEO and finding myself almost a little (laughs) tongue-tied in in trying to uh, get her to explain what was going on there. Um, The thing about the Telco Authority, it reminds me most of the old PTT model that most of the world had pre-Telco liberalisation, you know, in the 1980s, where you had a government department that was running networks and making policy and looking after universal service, you know, making the opinion and then delivering the outcome. And it was a, it was a very, it's a very um, nebulous role. And the New South Wales Authority, de- definitely an interesting experiment in government intervention. Thank you, as always, Rowan, for joining us today. Cheers. That's it, Day Live this week. See you next time.